0: All right, we're pleased now to be joined by Bruno Regan. You can follow him on Twitter, at Bruno Regan. Sorry, sorry, is it Regan or Reagan? I I always screw up names. Regan, yeah, it's it, it's Regan. Okay, and he works over at uh, Vandy Sports with our buddy Chris Lee, who's been on the show a number of times talking some Vandy football. So, uh, Bruno, thanks for joining us. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Happy to be here. So, for... Folks that uh you know may not be familiar with you 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 played at Vandy for Derek Mason, mm-hmm. you played in the XFL and now you're in the media, so can you give folks just a little bit of uh, just your background
1: yeah so uh, so I was part of Derek Mason's first recruiting class. you know James Franklin took a bunch of his guys with him to Penn State that opened up opened up some spots i'm a local guy I played here in Clarksville, Tennessee and in, in high school, and then uh, Coach Mason recruited me pretty late down to the process uh, to come to Vanderbilt. I was part of his first recruiting class, and I was there till uh, the 2018 season. I was one of his first guys throughout it all, and then uh, you know we ended up growing together, and and now now I'm working with uh, Vandy Sports. You know, obviously I had a little stint in the NFL. I had a few training camp opportunities in the NFL. I had an XFL stint, and now I'm uh, now I'm back home, and I do I do a bunch of stuff. I like run a martial arts school, and I also work with uh, Vandy Sports in the media section. So.
0: And as I understand it, you're a world-class judo fighter, state champion wrestler, so needless to say you could uh whoop my ass.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, but <laughs> I I do have, I I got I've been training it for 20 plus years, so it's part, it's just part of who I am now and you know, I'm not going to give it up for anything. So I I'll keep at it till I die.
0: Okay, well great. Well, you know like you said you played for Mason, you're part of his first recruiting class there at Vandy, so I got to start with that. What, you know, just what was your overall experience on being a part of uh, Derek Mason's Vanderbilt program?
1: Oh, well, when he first got there, you know, it was obviously wasn't the best season, especially after the Franklin years. They had two back-to-back nine-win seasons, you know, both game, both, both I believe, were both game wins. And uh, so that was the first, the first season was 3-9. You know, obviously a shocking loss to Temple at the start of the season. There was a lot of mix-ups. It just looked like Coach Mason was in way over his head at that moment on the outside and on the inside, too. I mean, it, as a guy, I had no idea what winning in football looked like anyways, regardless of college football. I wasn't a very good player in my early college years. So it was kind of like me and Coach Mace had this, like, you know, we were learning on the job type deal. We were we were growing together at the same time. He was learning how to be a head coach, on you know, on the fly, and I was learning how to try and be a, a high-level football player on the fly. And, uh, you know, we bumped heads a few times in my earlier years, but then when it came down to my later years, you know, I sort of, sort of developed and uh, eventually became one of his team captains.
0: Well, you know, I don't know if you know this. I expect you don't, but uh, I'm a Tennessee grad, so I just want to thank you and co- Coach <laughs> Mason for uh, helping us get rid of Butch Jones. That, we owe you one on that.
1: One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and, uh, me and co- Coach Jones also recruited me, but I had a little bit. Whenever I played Tennessee against Coach Jones, it was personal to me because I, I really wanted to go to Tennessee, but uh, I think work- things worked out the best for me. Uh, Vanderbilt offered me a scholarship they just offered me an official visit visit and that was it so I took it personal and uh and I'm I'm glad I could help with that honestly that was uh (laughs) that was a good that was a good few few games we had against them
0: so what are your thoughts on uh, Vanderbilt moving on from coach Mason and and I guess in addition to that just the timing of it now that uh, you know coming off this game with the national attention with the Sarah Fuller you know debut Mm -hmm. and everything so just Overall thoughts on Vanderbilt's decision?
1: Yeah, so I think now with what we're hearing and the facts, and you know, eventually Athletic Director Lee coming out and talking, and we can we have learned that the coach Mason firing, she deemed that he was going to be based off you know the wins and losses early in the season, right? And her reasoning for firing Mason just yesterday, or yeah, I believe it was yesterday, was because that would have been the end of the regular season if it was a non-COVID year, right? So she, I think she has, you know, separated that doubt from, oh, this was, like, related to Sarah Fuller. Like, you know, there's a lot of narratives going on. I think athletic Dr. Lee just did what she was, you know, hired to do, you know, evaluate the evaluate the season, and this is when the season would have ended, and this was their time frame they gave them, and this was their time frame they had in their mind, and they made a decision. I thought it was a game one. I think this decision... It, it, even though there's two games left, that also sends a message, you know, Vanderbilt is not going to just sit back and, you know, wait till a thing duds or write a contract right now. And then, you know, they they want wins and they want wins now. And I think that's the message they're trying
0: to send here. Yeah, if, if anybody uh, hasn't checked it out already, you got to check out the last couple of Vandy Sports podcasts hosted by Chris Lee and, and Bruno was on each of those. And they talked about uh, Sarah Fuller and leading up to her debut. And then, of course, they did one right after Derek Mason's firing, so got to go check those out. But, you know, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit on, on that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm not obviously asking you to reveal any sources here or anything, but I would imagine being on that team, you have to be close with a number of players. So yep. just what was your – what's your read on after maybe talking to some people in the program or associated with it on um, just how Coach Mason and I guess more importantly the players, how do you think they – you know, were they fully supportive, do you think, of this decision to to use Sarah Fuller?
1: I think the whole team was supportive of Sarah. You know, Sarah went out there and they welcomed her in both of them because she was going to play. So they treated her like a member of the team Mm -hmm. and they gave her their full support. Do I think that some guy, I think there was a, a majority of the team now that I've you know gotten around, they they were indifferent to the whole thing, right? They were trying to put their heads down and win a game and prepare. It was really tough because there was a lot of, you know, cameras, lights, all that, a lot of words up. You know, it's hard. It's hard to close out all the numbers. But I think a lot of those guys were totally indifferent and they were just trying to do what they could do in the week, right? Then a few older guys who were just, you know, it it and I hope people can take it as they're not against Sarah or anything, but just, you know, the national media coming on to an O and eight season it's just not how these guys want to and then the national media comes so it's probably it was probably a highly rated television you know segment right Mm -hmm. it's probably a very watched game and for them to get trials 41 to 0 it's just it's just a lot on a lot of the older guys who you know this was supposed to be their senior season this was you know this is their legacy and and I hope people can understand that it's just tough for the guys in there too. So nobody's against Sarah. It's great for Sarah. She, I mean, she did, she did exactly what her job was. She probably graded a hundred percent, you know, split it to the 35. Can't ask for more than that. Didn't go out of, out of bounds, didn't get returned. So I think it's just tough for those guys in there right now. And then that having, having such eyes on that, on that program when they got beat down 41 to zero, it was just tough.
0: Now I know this is uh, fresh because, Coach Mason just got let go just a, you know, a day or so ago, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we look back on his time there, what do you think his ultimate legacy will be at Vanderbilt? Because, you know, I know the, the results weren't on the field, but by all accounts, just an outstanding guy and, and just like a first class individual.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess the first thing people will probably look towards if they want to look at the good of Mason's tenure, it's going to be the three wins against Vanderbilt.
0: I think it was
1: uh, three wins against Tennessee at Vanderbilt. I think it was like, back to the 1920s on the last time that happened. So, I mean, that's a legacy deal that they'll talk about for him. We went to two bowl games. We didn't win them, but Vanderbilt going to a bowl game is a big deal. I believe we have seven or eight total bowl games in our history. I know because I walked by the six or seven bowl game plaques, not wins, like total bowl games, and we added on two of those at his time there when I was there. So I was four, I believe, four or five years in, five years in of of his tenure. You know, we achieved two bowl games, which is a tough thing to do at Vanderbilt. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think there was a lot of potential there. He had a lot of NFL guys. I mean, he had Kyle Stromer, Justin School, Jerry Pingy, Keyshawn Vaughn. You know, he had he found some talent and developed it. So that's, I think, the good that people will talk about when they talk about Coach Mason's time at Vanderbilt.
0: So, what's more important for Vanderbilt moving forward? Making the perfect coaching hire, which you know, let's just say they get the absolute perfect fit and everything goes according to plan or is it more the school fully committing to the football program and the overall experience for the players?
1: Yeah, it's going to be the school committing to the football program. And I think uh, Athletic Director Lee is saying all the right things right now. I mean, she just had a press conference discussing the coaching change and the search going forward. And I think she's saying all the right things. And she's saying, you know, Kirkland, which is, you know, the administration center of Vanderbilt, and McGugan, which is Athletic's administration center, she says they're aligned. I guess time will only tell, but you can get the right guys in there, and it's not going to solve a lot of the problems Vanderbilt has. People will point to things like facilities, the stadium. You know, it's harder to recruit against, but this, people also point to the fact that the city sells itself, right? So it's a good city, good good degree. There's a lot. There's there's a lot that does play with the program. Um, I know she mentioned she wants in her, in her hire, she prefers offensive minded and she prefers head coaching experience. Neither of those things are deal breakers, but it does give us a sense of direction where they're going to go in college football though. You can have the perfect hire, right? Like I think we saw, like, I think whenever Michigan hired Jim Harbaugh, you know, he was the top guy or when Texas hired Herman, he was the top guy, but sometimes these things just don't pan out. So I'd rather see, I'd rather just see the commitment from, Kirkland to go to the athletic department into committing to this new coach and they get the changes they need done to be successful down like 10, 20 years down the line.
0: And what's your confidence level in uh, Candace Lee, the the AD there to make the best hire for the football program? Right
1: now she is talking the talk and she is walking the walk with the decision. Listen, I like Coach Mace and I know she liked Coach Mace too, right? We both had personal relationships with him. So to make that decision during the season, that gives me an extremely high, near 100% confidence level in her that she's going to do what she thinks is right to win. She's obviously she's going towards a search. She's using a search committee to help. I know she's going to bring in other other resources that Vanderbilt can offer to help. I'm very confident that she's going to make decisions she thinks is right to get this program on a winning track. She mentioned that explicitly. She wants wins. So.
0: And what are some of the achievable goals that you think that, uh, you know, obviously we don't know who the new coach is going to be, but mm-hmm. what are some of the goals that you think he can get done year one
1: yeah so i talked about this in a few podcasts year one it needs to be you know they need to take an sec game off the schedule when i say off the, i mean they need to win an sec game at least once or twice in that season you know pick some wins up you know try and try and try and run the table on your out of conference if you run the table at the out of conference in a normal season that's already four wins right mm-hmm. so if you can pick off one or two other sec teams you're bowling you're bowling so if they get one or two that's how mason's rise sort of started you know i want we want to see that progress and so they have the perfect you know, there's not a lot of expectation there. No one's going to come in and expect to win the SEC East. We got a lot of young guys that got a lot of experience this year. So eventually, you know, get that one to two wins, you know, try and get to a bowl game within one to two years. And then after that, that's when we're, we can really start building. That's when Ken Seals will, you know, be in his true leadership, leadership position as a junior, as a senior. That's when we can start aiming for maybe an eight, nine win season. Who knows, maybe even better. And try to do something at Vanderbilt that hasn't been done and set, and set a standard for the program.
0: I'm glad you mentioned Ken Seals because that was going to be basically my next question. You know, we all know that, uh, you know, just look around college football, the the teams with the quarterbacks are the ones that are dominating the sport right now. Mm-hmm. So how much does having Ken Seals, and I would even throw Mike Wright in there because based on just the little we've seen of him, he looks like a quality player too. How much does having, you know, some some real talent at the quarterback position make this even potentially more of an attractive job for – the candidates that are out there.
1: I mean, it's hugely, I mean, if you said you're a Tennessee guy, you see how, um, how like you can have some pretty talented rosters and quarterback can, if quarterback's an issue, the whole thing's an issue, right? Mm-hmm. Quarterback is the most important position by far in football. I know some people like to say, Oh, it's center or it's cornerback, No, it's quarterback. Quarterback is your team leader. It's your figurehead. So to have a guy like Ken seals and even have a guy like Mike Wright on the back, on the back end, who's could get like 10, 20, 30 snaps a game in his own right through his own packages or maybe contribute in other ways i mean these are guys who have already taken the leadership role at such a young age they're only going to continue and that's only going to help and you know when a coach comes in he already has this guy he can focus on other things
0: now uh kind of the last thing i wanted to discuss with you here if you head on over to vandy sports right now chris lee's got up uh, initial hot board he's got four candidates on the list he's got uh, Will Healy, mm-hmm. you know, everyone from Middle Tennessee area knows that name. Clark Lee, the uh, Notre Dame defensive coordinator, Vandy Grad, Jamie Chadwell, the who's got Coastal Carolina in the top 20, I think, right now. And then old Jeff Fisher, former Titans coach. So of those four, certainly not – it's too early to say, you know, one of those guys is going to be the next coach. But if you had your pick of those four on Chris Lee's initial hot board, which, which way are you going?
1: Yeah, so I've been a big Healy fan, and with what Lee has said in her conference, I think she just basically described Will Healy. You know, she wants someone with head coaching experience. And he has, you know, he had a head coach in his experience his Austin awesome. P turned that whole program around. I'm from Clarksville. That was probably the most historic turnaround in college football history. Then he went to Charlotte, got them to a bowl game. Offensive minded, you know, these are check all the boxes for what Leah said, right? And then there's Jamie Chadwell. That'll be th- those two are probably the early, early top two. Clark Lee was also a name that was coming up a lot yesterday. And it was someone I just heard of at that, you know, that day. So Coach Mason got fired. Clark Lee's name starts coming up. And I'm, the more and more I'm looking at him, seems like a potential candidate he's a defensive minded guy and he doesn't have head coaching experience so that's kind of two things off what athletic director Lee publicly stated but they're not deal breakers for either so I think Will Healy is gonna Will Healy and Jamie Chadwell are the fan frontliners but as far as we know it's all speculation at this point the search just started for the athletic department so those will be two names to watch throughout the whole process but it, it could go in an entirely different way
0: You just kind of sound like uh, Will Healy's uh, agent right there. You don't have a third job, do you? You think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess, dude, I'm just extremely biased, biased for William Hilly because I've I grew up in Carson my whole life. Both my parents were Austin P. alums, and it's just like Austin P. was the worst college football program in the history of college football programs. And he somehow brought got he was a recruiting guy. He somehow got SEC level talent to Austin P. and they weren't world beaters yet, but he developed those rosters. And then the, he got hired to greener pastures. And then the coach after him won championships with those rosters. Mm-hmm. So I just seen what he done in firsthand and the search has just started today so obviously I'm doing more digging into these names but yeah I guess I do sound like a Will Haley fan
0: because I am well that's not a bad you know that's not a bad coach to be a fan of because I do know that uh, there was a offensive lineman that Arkansas and LSU were after and he signed with him mm-hmm. this off season. And, and I know Tennessee fans were terrified. Pruitt was going to blow another <laughs> one. They had to face Charlotte in the opener till everything got changed up. So yeah. I think you might be onto to something. But, uh, hey, that's, that's all I got for you. He's Bruno Reagan. Once again, you can follow him at Bruno Reagan on Twitter. Just one word. And head on over to Vandy Sports and the Vandy Sports Podcast. Bruno breaking this all down. And I'm seeing you're all over the Nashville radio. You're all over the scene, man. So – I know you're a busy guy. I really appreciate you hopping on with us here and and talking some Vandy football.
1: No problem. Appreciate it.